Hello everyone. In this video, we will talk about international resourcing for Mittelstand. Hi, my name is Jan and I am the founder of 360 Digital Transformation. We help small and medium businesses, so Mittelstand, to optimize, digitalize and automate their business specific processes. Today, I have Florian Hübner with me and he is the founder of Decondia. And also he is the founder of Startup Creator, but today we will talk about Decondia and how he enables international resourcing, especially from India to German Mittelstand. Without any further ado. Hello, Florian. Can you please introduce yourself? Hi, Chan. Thanks for having me. So I'm Florian, founder and CEO of Decondia. And let me start differently. Um, you might know the problem not having the right IT team, not having the right developers. And this was a huge bottleneck for me a long time ago. So I coded by myself. Uh, it was not really the output that I wanted for a more complex project. I tried it out with German freelancers but they were mostly not available or pretty expensive. And then an Indian team offered me to work for free. And that hooked me. I flew down there, they convinced me, but in general, this market, this Indian market is pretty in intransparent. Who is good, who is bad? There are like 80% black sheeps. So what I did over the years with a lot of good and bad experience, I could vet who are the right developers for me and my customer. And that's why then I set up the platform Decondia, where you can then, or Mittelstand, also smaller companies, bigger companies, can find Indian developers, but obviously not everyone, but only the best qualified by us. That's what we do in general. Yeah, that's great. And thank you for the introduction. And it was a Good, good elevator pitch, I would have to admit. Thank you for that. Uh, but <laughs> as far as I understand, you are a software developer by yourself, right? Uh, like I studied business, but also as a kid, I already developed my first web pages. I wanted to start the biggest uh, choke website, you know, where you can read jokes um, all over Germany. That didn't work out. So I did a lot of... Uh, web development by myself, but I realized at a certain point, I am not the, the, the coder guy, you yeah. know, it would have needed much more, I don't know, getting into it more experience. So I said, look, I can be the architect. Um, I can kind of prepare the concept together with the tech tech leads. But I'm not the guy who will code uh, day in day out because to be honest, I also don't have the patience for this. So, so no, um, I'm not doing it. I can revise some stuff, but it's definitely not my current expertise. But I, um, I understand enough. And that's a good point that I can continue with my uh, questions. And I think um, what you mentioned, the outsourcing, is an important point for Mittelstand as we consider that there is shortage uh, of engineers, of software developers uh, in Germany and generally in Europe, I would say. And, yeah. But there is also a prejudice against international resourcing. 
How do you convince Mittelstand to use international talent? Yeah, that's a good question. And luckily, I don't have to convince them. You know, it's 2021. Yeah. They are really desperate with the freelancers, with employees, so many the lack of freelancers and employees, that they come to us. You know, that's not in my job to say, look, uh, I'm here, I exist. No, um, because it's really difficult for them to get this talent, this, this German talent anyways, or also the international. So imagine you are a German Mittelstand company in the middle of nowhere. Let's say, not say you're in Berlin, I'm in Munich. Still, there's a lot of competition, but it might work still easier. And now you are there, I don't know, really in the middle of nowhere and you need a Flutter developer. So mm -hmm. you think the talents of today, the most precious resources of tomorrow, they decide to join your company, they won't. Why should they? So um, also like, imagine you have to win this battle against the big corporates like Google or the battle against fancy startups. And also in terms of budget, you might say, look, I got so much kind of uh, revenue over the last years, still, you won't win this, yeah. this game. And now you have also then besides the employees, you have the German freelancers. And they are most likely, when I ask, for example, for the availability, they are booked out until end of yeah. the year. Ausverkauft. <laughs> Come again? Ausverkauft. Ausverkauft, exactly, how you say in Germany. So no chance. And if they are immediately available full-time, then I'm suspicious. Okay, wait, did you just start it? Or what, what's, what's going wrong? And then I have those, because normally like, it's for many months, you can't get them. And what we do then, we offer those customers to start next Monday, and they could even have an interview the same day. Um, so it's not about how I convince Mittelstand um, to come to us, but more how they become convinced for the way of working with international talent. Because number one, international talent means talking English. And imagine we have with our agency, we have even Mittelstand clients who don't speak any English and our German project manager, managers, they have to take over here. And this is far from the perfect solution. Well, it works. It's mainly then waterfall projects. Um, and that's not the way how you should work with international talent. So I have to get them there. They should also use, you know, those frameworks, those HI ones like Scrum. Mm -hmm. And oh, that's the most difficult thing to convince them here. But I also tell them you have to implement modern work styles. And besides convincing them, we have to prepare them and also partly you know, my job is also to scare them away because I tell them the truth. Because it's obviously easier with a German in-house resource than with an Indian developer somewhere uh, with the Zoom, for example. Indians have an accent. Sometimes it's hard to understand them or not at all. You cannot understand them at all. And in general, they are not as reliable as the typical German. So you have to find trust and establish that. And sometimes they won't understand anything. So you need to have the patience and explain them. So we definitely need to prepare the Mittelstand heavily. Okay, but you are then in between as a, a bridge, as a project manager. So um, 
making sure that the communication also uh, runs well. Yeah, in, 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 in those worst case scenarios, yes. But in the best case scenarios, it should definitely happen. They come to us, they get the right resources on our platform. They do this kind of, uh, let's call it a CV check, a test, and then also perhaps a call to get to know them if they really understand them. And then they see, okay, I can work directly with them. If it doesn't work, then yes. Then we have also the German project managers, but uh, it's pretty ugly. It's not fun for both working if you have this kind of, we call it in German, Flüsterpost, you know? Between three people, you have to always then bring this message to the next one. And in the end, something different <laughs> is the outcome, you know? So it's not perfect at all. Um, then you mentioned, um, yeah, how, how you help Mittelstand, but why India? <laughs> okay, so India for me is not only the next IT superpower, it always was, but it was never an IT superpower in Germany. So outsourcing with IT started already in the 60s between US and India, in particular Bangalore, you might have heard about this hub. And oh boy, this got established over the decades. Um, all the big American companies and also some German big corporates like Daimler, Siemens and so on, they outsource to India. Sometimes uh, it works well, sometimes not. Um, it's not hassle-free, but never the Mittelstand. There is this cultural gap between Germany and India, and this didn't happen. And also, I personally, I have a very strong connection to this country. Okay. And honestly, I would kill for those people. And, you know, it's a bet also from my side, because, you know, besides offshoring with India, you know, nearshoring in Europe. Mm -hmm. So that means like you nearshore um, these, this work to countries like Poland, Ukraine, and so on. It's even perhaps less hassle-free because it's closer, you know, more similar culture. So it, it's easier at the first glance, but, you know, the standard of living in Eastern Europe, it's rising. And, you know, I'm very happy for them um, because earlier you could also convince them to come to Germany to get high salaries and now you know it gets difficult uh, from every year to year they say no i stay in poland i earn the same you know so i don't have to come there and now that's pretty sad to say um but in india as you know you have a population of 1.4 billion people um and it's rising but it will never meet the standards then of europe so the prices won't change and um, it won't make it but the talent will still kind of flow in you know how indians uh, yeah. can have their, their their qualities we talked about it earlier and it won't make a difference perhaps if you look at the next two to five years but i'm betting heavily on what will happen in 10 years you know when you have this shift of standard of living and then it will be big and then i will be there Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. I mean, uh, the, the nearshore was quite often uh, used in 
early 2000s till um, yeah till the last decade I would say and last five years I also have the same feedback from different industries that uh, people from uh, let's say Poland Czech Republic they say hey I, I have almost the same salary here my expenses are kind of low because in comparison with the rental prices in Munich, for example. So they kind of prefer to stay home. And I totally agree to your point. But as we spoke earlier, I just want to, we were not recording, and I just want to give the same example to our audience right now. I have studied uh, my second master's in Germany and had a lot of Indian colleagues. And we had to qualify for the program. It was an MBA program. but is the competition in India because of the number of applicants is way more higher than almost any other countries in the world than the guys who came uh, from India were really competent because they had to uh, yeah jump over higher hurdles so uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and when you know them when you work with them when you do projects and you understand hey uh, great guys here and then you say uh, why not do it in a larger scale I mean they don't have to come to here at least uh, after corona after the pandemic we learned that remote is possible even in Germany so yeah. uh, right now the companies have uh, home office policies but that's also the infrastructure side right the companies have uh, home office uh, policies they have they're, um, yeah, they made it through these security standards, they made it through these uh, DSGVO standards. So what I mean is that right now the infrastructure in Germany for remote working is way more advanced in comparison to two years ago. Yeah, of course, of course. That's very lucky for us also, you know. That's what I want to say. <laughs> and and, and uh, people are here right now more open to remote work, regardless of whether you are in India, in Papua New Guinea, or in Turkey, or in Czech Republic, they are more open. Because I see a lot of my German colleagues, they are working from Italy, Spain, uh, wherever they want, because of uh, the, the yeah, new possibility that to be able to work remotely. Of course, and imagine like um, we brought also some some colleagues from India here to Germany, and they liked it, yes, but they are very family bound, you know, they um, don't want like you and I, we could say, okay, let's go for one or two years, let's say to Australia, and it would be fun for us. But in general, also, there are like those uh, kind of culture gaps where you see, okay, they want to live together with their family. You know, they don't want to give that up. And they are like food in Germany. I showed them the Bavarian food. You know, they cannot really eat it. You know, they can have the salad perhaps and the Karspatzen, you know, but that's it. So that's also um, one I thing. Weisswurst, <laughs> never. You know, most of them are vegetarian. And also if they're not vegetarian, they would not like it. No, <laughs> never. <laughs> so... They would not even enjoy it. Some of them do here in Germany, but those ones that I brought here, let's say for, let's say two to four weeks, they were always very happy to get back. And I was like, oh my God, how can this get established? But now we see, come on, it doesn't matter. 
You know, you have this laptop in front of you, you can work remotely. You don't have to leave your country. So I would say Corona is still pretty bad, but in terms of the digital boost, um, it did us a very big favor. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, I mean, in India, there are 200 languages spoken. So it's a huge country and huge, uh, even in, in the country, there are huge cultural differences. So it's a rare uh, case, but I really, I really like what you are doing, but I am just uh, taking our topic back to Mitterstand. Can you please give yeah. us use cases from your clients in Mitterstand? What kind of projects you developed uh, maybe you give us a recent example. Yeah, I can give you different ones if you want. Um, so for example, we have one, a mid-sized IT company. It's uh, in the automotive sector and it's in a small city in Germany, uh, not a small company, but it's impossible for them to find a tech talent. And on the other hand, they, they live the the scrum so and they speak english all the time so they are the best example of a digital mid-sized company and yeah they are in the it so it's definitely um a favor for them and they take our resources on a month base mm -hmm. which makes them pretty happy because they're also so flexible you know there are months where they don't need them there are months where they need more and if something doesn't work they give us immediate feedback. So either we improve it or worst case, you know, if it doesn't work out with the resource, you know, then we change it. And in the end, yeah, everyone is, is, is happy. And on the other hand, we have also the classic Mittelstand, which is not from the IT. They never heard about it, but they realized they have to go with the flow. Mm -hmm. So um, then we have also an agency in the background and we take also then those fixed price projects. And those fixed price projects, they are not fun because they are, you know, waterfallish. Everything is defined beforehand. And it's not fun for the client, nor for us, you know, because it's flexible, not at all. And that brings us to the point that you don't have like huge revisions in that, in that case. So it might be in the end that you get this complex solution but you anyways didn't, didn't, didn't want it. So you have more risk, you have more uncertainty, you know, you don't have those kind of feedback circles. And so that's actually an, a disadvantage. But what we do with them is that we obviously, and also with the, those ones who take immediately our resources, that we consult them obviously for free. That's what you have to do with them, heavy consultation, because they come to you and say, look, I need an Android developer and an iOS developer. Um, and then I asked them, okay, why do you do it in native? Why not with Flutter where you can have one code base and less cost? And they say, oh, we never heard about that. You know, so we have customers that don't need consulting. They want a resource now. And then we do the qualification process that I mentioned beforehand, right? But also not only hard skills, but also soft skills. So. How do they communicate? Are they team players? Um, so we give them also the transparency. But yeah, it's it's it depends from uh, company to company. They are like in terms of flexibility. We give them flexibility, but they are very different. Yeah. 
But I think uh, there are two points that you mentioned. It's uh, it worth to uh, repeat. Uh, one is that uh, you don't uh, work with, uh, so they don't hire the employee. They can work in a very flexible basis, like monthly, per project, per week. So is that correct? Yes, yes, yes. For the beginning, I would say we can also make a test of one week, but normally they should go for one month. They should, but you know, if it doesn't work, they get the money back because mm -hmm. if that's for them lost, um, they will not come back if we charge them for that. So we have to give them this this flexibility. Yes. Yes, um, that, that's, I think, important because it lowers the risk for the client and it's so important to have low risk, high return. And if the resource is valuable, then here is the high return. But low risk is actually accelerates their decision making. And I uh, loved uh, what you have chosen as a strategy there. And uh, the second thing is, uh, you said there are different types of clients and of course there are IT uh, heavy clients, their value proposition is around IT and they speak English and there is a, a quick match there, I see, no problem. And yeah. with, with, a, with a typical German company uh, where they don't necessarily speak English and it's so normal because, uh, you know, you, you said something that small town, big company, it's so rare to Germany, you don't see any of them in Turkey. It's a small town, small company, big town, big company. Yeah, yeah. No ex ex hidden champions. But in They're Germany, that's, that's could be very surprising. In the middle of nowhere, there is a company with revenues of 200 million euros per year. And that's so so common in Germany, right? That's the yeah. German Mittelstand. And yeah. it gets interesting when you say, uh, you don't only then provide the resource, but also provide uh, on top of that a free consultancy. So it could be technical consultancy, it could be project management, so that you um, increase your value proposition to the customer. And the customer is also uh, kind of being um, developed. Uh, so yeah, their ways of methods of working change. So they might like the Scrum methodology and try to, you know, choose a pilot project and then, hey, Florian, let's integrate this to a small project, something like this. So I, I think it's great, but do I kind of summarize it well? Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. So, um, you have to imagine that this shift is coming, you know, that people, that the, the typical middle stand goes more towards agile, you know, which, which helps us a lot. So what they then do is, you know, they have this kind of uh, flexibility because in, in, on average, uh, a company waits in Germany 150 days to fill a position in IT. And that leads to lack of sales, slow innovation, which they might have anyways had beforehand. So that's really kind of hindrance. That's why they're coming to us because they know, okay, in the next month, I won't find those resources internally or also externally. So they come then to us, they get this kind of fast availability within 72 hours. And if it doesn't work out in the beginning, let's say with the test, they don't have to, to pay. 
And then obviously, let's be honest, it's also the pricing, you know? This makes it also appealing that for a German developer, you have to pay partly five times more than for the Indian counterpart. So that's also something where I see, okay, those guys, they don't have the massively deep pockets, so they also have to look at their budget. So that makes it also, again, a bit attractive. That's right. And you said, I also agree that Mittelstand is changing and they have to change because change is the only constant, right? And yeah. the way you and your company takes part in this is quite exciting. But before we close, what's your top suggestion for Mittelstand uh, owners and managers to apply right away? So I would say like, as the, <laughs> the podcast uh, talks about it, um, if you look at your shirt, you know, get it digital. That's, <laughs> that's the <laughs> number one suggestion. I see so many mid-sized companies which are not digital at all, even after Corona. And I think, wow, you won't exist anymore in five years. And that means also, obviously, working with international talent. You're going to need it. And you have to prepare your company for that. Why hire now new people who don't speak English or didn't work internationally or with an international team? Because you can't get rid of them according to the German law. So you might choose them wisely but now, so that's my suggestion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you want to grow a tree and eat apples from the tree, you have to put the seeds now and then maybe in five years you will eat Exactly. exactly or yeah. you can go to groceries and buy uh, apples. Uh, so there are two ways. But if, <laughs> if you are looking for something very uh, specific, but you are still have your budget, I, I, I believe Mitterstand does have a budget because they are not have the luxury spending uh, like the enterprises do. Therefore, yeah. the Mittelstand is way more successful than the enterprises. Therefore, German Mittelstand is uh, number one in the world because they are very good at what they are doing. They know their markets, they know their products, and they are very careful with what they are doing so that uh, they are very efficient, uh, yeah. but demographics changed, uh, times changed with the digital, uh, yeah, I would say even uh, digital revolutions. And right now there is a shift uh, in, in the mindset. And I see that, I see that when I'm talking to you, uh, a lot of companies doing quite great stuff, uh, innovative stuff, and they were already innovative with their patents. Look yeah. at the number of patents that German Mittelstand has. It's quite huge. So, which means they are innovative in their uh, in their core business, but they have to take this innovativeness and then spread it around to resourcing, to digitalization, and to uh, internationalization. So then they will. Uh, reap these uh, seeds in the next uh, couple of years. So that was a summary. Just wanted to <laughs> share it with you. Florian, <laughs> thank you so much. But how people can find you? Like um, even they add me in LinkedIn, Florian okay. Hübner, or they go on Google, decondia.com. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, just, you know, just call. You know, if you send an email, 
you know, it always gets this, not the same dynamic. So just call me and then uh, we figure it out. Okay, I will put the links in the description, but Florian, thank you so much. I really enjoyed our conversation and uh, what you do is, I think, quite valuable. And in the long run, we will see more and more companies like yours, I believe. <laughs> Thanks, John. It was a pleasure. The pleasure is mine. Thank you. I release one episode every Tuesday at 7.45 a.m. and also other videos for digital transformation. If you like the content, please subscribe. And you can reach me out anytime by my email. Here it is. And thank you for visiting my channel.